0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito
1: This is the On the Banks podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glenn.
0: Hello everyone, I am of course your host Lance Glenn, and this is episode 65 of the On The Banks podcast. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11 and of course you can follow On The Banks on Twitter as well at OTB underscore SB There are many ways to listen to all 65 episodes of the On The Banks podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, just search On The Banks Podcast. You can find us on your favorite podcast platforms, and of course, you can find all of our episodes and so much more great content by going to onthebanks.com. First off, before I start, I hope everyone listening is safe, healthy, staying home, and of course, being smart. We all want Rutgers sports back, and the only way that happens is if we all do our part. During a normal spring, we would be enjoying baseball every day. Whether it's Rutgers baseball, Major League Baseball, Mets, Yankees, whoever you support, or watching your kids' Little League game, springtime is baseball time. For those reasons, to talk about Rutgers baseball and his very abbreviated year one at the helm, joining me for today's conversation will be the head coach of the Scarlet Knights, Steve Owens. Coach Owens is like all of us. We all want sports back, and we all want to return to a sense of normalcy. We understand we won't go back to quote-unquote normal for a while, but sports kind of calms everyone down and brings such a great distraction during times of need. College baseball was one of the many NCAA spring sports abruptly canceled this season after Rutgers played only 15 of their scheduled 56 games. It was a crazy year one for Coach Owens, if we can even consider this year to be year one. But like all of us, he's now taking every day in stride and doing his best to continue developing the players and to continue developing this program so that whenever baseball does ultimately return, the Scarlet Knights can start to climb to the top of the Big Ten Mountain.
1: Time to talk to the coaches. Here's your host, Lance Glenn.
0: Rutgers baseball only played 15 games this season, way less than half of the 56 games they were supposed to play as the season was canceled because of COVID-19. Joining me to talk about the quarter of a season and everything going on regarding it is the head coach of the Scarlet Knights, Steve Owens. Coach, thanks so much for coming on. I hope everyone's safe and healthy and finding something to do like we all are to pass the time during quarantine. Thanks, Lance. Um, You
1: know, uh, everyone's safe and healthy and, it'd be a good uh, break to talk about Rutgers baseball for a little
0: bit. So coach, I've asked everyone this question that I've had on since this whole thing began. And and I'll ask it to you. Where were you when you heard that the NCAA was going to cancel the spring season? And what was your initial reaction to the news that all of a sudden your season was over?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, we were getting ready to go to spring break when we actually, we, we actually, I think had the bus there and, uh, we, you know, we were checking. I think, I, I think, uh, I think Pat and Ryan were traveling, maybe with basketball, and I was checking with uh, with Sarah uh, just to check in on the status of whether we were good to fly. And everything was good right up until she said everything wasn't good. So she said, you know, cancel the flights, um, and then we kind of held our guys for a couple hours because we were looking at an alternative. Uh, Venue. I think we were going to try to shoot the East Carolina on a bus um, thinking that maybe bus travel would still be, you know, allowed for a while. And, and then I think it was three hours later, uh, you know, when, when the conferences started uh, canceling anything, you know, and so what we, what we did was, um, you know, we brought our players in a, in a room we told them we definitively don't know the answer on whether the whole season is going to, you know, going to be a wash but at least at this point right now for everyone's safety you guys got to clean yourself up and go home and uh, that was kind of a you know that was kind of a downer because everyone's ready to go play you know 12 days of baseball and then I quite honestly because I've been every day seems like the same right now I don't remember if it was a day two a week later um, when uh, you know when each little by little each conference started canceling and then, you know, all of a sudden, uh, the whole NCAA championship was canceled. But uh, it certainly was shocking to see how quickly everything happened. Um, you know, it was, just, it was like a bomb going off. Like, it was just, you know, one conference after another. And then and then immediately, you know, uh, the pending issue came to eligibility. And so that was another two or three weeks of, of uh, you know, um, waiting to hear before you could make any definitive plans with your roster for going forward, whether you know kids were going to regain their eligibility, and then how we were going to handle that. So it was, it was a busy time, even though there was nothing going on on the field.
0: Definitely. And and like you said, it was kind of a bomb dropped out of nowhere for not only the spring sports, but as you mentioned, obviously the NCAA championships for the winter sports. And, you know, you brought up the issue of eligibility and ultimately the NCAA voted and seniors for the spring sports were granted an extra year eligibility. But before that happened, what were the seniors reactions and really the teams as a whole to this news that the season's done? And at that point when it did happen, they didn't know whether this was going to be their final college game or whether, you know, what ultimately happened, they were going to have another year.
1: No, it, it was crazy. Um, I mean, all of our guys' stuff is, was still in the locker room. I mean, we certainly, when we sent them home, we were like, okay, maybe we're going to have an issue here for, uh, for the next two weeks. And that's about what our thinking was, that this was going to be a two week issue, maybe a three week issue, uh, but certainly not the whole season. And, uh, so you know it, it was it was so abrupt um, when it ended. Prior to that, um, we had talked. To, I had talked to each of the seniors, anticipating you know that the the season would be canceled. But and then I just asked them you know kind of what their plans were, um, where they were at, if they were going to graduate on time, if they had uh, you know in, interest in in coming back. Um, whether or not we could handle them on the roster was, was a different question, but if they had interest in coming back uh, potentially to get a master's or a second major or a minor, uh, if they could afford that, if they if they were on scholarship, whether or not they could afford to come back with or without the scholarship. So we kind of went through our eight or nine guys and, and um, you know, some had, um, had already uh, had professional plans with jobs. Um, and internships and things like that lined up others were kind of in the middle and some you know definitively said yeah we you know I, I would like to come back and finish if this whole thing gets canceled and we're allowed to and you know and then then it became you know a monetary issue of whether or not their families could afford it and things like that and obviously since those answers have you know come down from the NCA, we had those we had those conversations again with guys to make definitive plans and um, and, you know somebody's finances five weeks ago could be a lot different than their finances right now as we all know this is severely affected this country financially and, and impacted many many people um, you know in a negative fa- fashion so um, a lot of things could could still play out you know somebody plans on getting back to work and they think they can afford to send their their son back to school for a year and then, and then it doesn't happen so Right now, I think we have a good plan in place. We've adjusted everything with who's coming back, who's not, and what we can handle. And uh, and we're going forward.
0: And, you know, without obviously giving names or anything like that, I was going to ask how you and the staff are dealing with this roster change because this is unprecedented. You know, you're possibly going into next year with a without a roster limit, um, something that obviously college baseball has with possibly far more players on it than I think ever before. So it definitely changes, I'm sure, the way you look at next season, the way your roster look next season and how you're kind of moving different pieces around to ultimately put the best team on the field.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it uh, you never unless somebody gets hurt, you know, you never anticipate a senior coming back. They're either going on to get a job uh, or they potentially may have a chance to play professionally. Uh, but to have them all back, and then to compound that, um, you know, the professional draft may only be five rounds this year. It might be 10, but it might only be five. And that's another huge issue because some of these seniors potentially would have been the late draft choices, and then it would have given them the opportunity to go out into pro baseball and they wouldn't come back to school. You know, you just would not make that choice. So, um, you know, there's a, that's another issue to untangle, Um, you know, anticipating who's going to get drafted and who's not and, you know, treating them just like seniors again. Um, Like they have another year back, but if they were going to be a, you know, a late round 25th draft choice, um, now that's not happening. However, that being said, some of them still could potentially be signed as a free agent if, um, you know, if the parent ball clubs, Don't get enough players through the draft sign, and they need other players to fill minor league systems if they if they actually play. So it's just that it's a never-ending circle of issues um, before you can actually, you know, put set plans in place and know exactly who you're going to have.
0: And, of course, this has never happened uh, Never happened before. There really is no blueprint behind it. But, Coach, when you started your season in Florida against Miami on February 14th, look, I'm sure you didn't expect it to end not even a month later. It was year one for you here on the Banks, and unfortunately, you know, nothing really happened during the season because of the coronavirus. With all these unforeseen circumstances, is there really anything you can take out of the 15-game season you guys had? Or is it just kind of a wash with next year becoming more like what a typical year one should be?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we we went through our early travel season part, not even the whole thing. I mean, we were just getting going, um, still figuring out a lot of stuff with our team. Uh, and... and you know, there was some good stuff happening uh, with some players. There was some good team stuff happening. There was also some stuff that didn't happen very well. So, you know, it was this, the normal trials and tribulations that you go through early in the season before you get things figured out. And then you know how to line yourself up for conference weekends. And we were really looking forward to that. Um, and so there's nothing that's totally lost. I mean, um, you know, lost it is you know, the other 40 games that we could have played this year. But. You know, they're, they're being given back to many of us. Um, it's, it's an opportunity that we had to practice with our guys in September and October, and November, and, and then back again in January. Uh, so we, we got to learn a lot about them. If you were a freshman and a young player, um, you know, it's, it's really could be something that could be an advantage to you because, you know, instead of going through the, the tough parts of the learning process as a freshman, these guys got a taste of it and what it's really like and, and we gotta you know we get to know them as a player and a person a little bit better and uh, you know we get to we get to hit you know pause and then go back and rewind and start over again next year so I don't say I don't look at it as a loss obviously it's a disappointment because you know you practice all year and then it's compete time you know and that's the fun part for me as a coach I love the preparation you um, love recruiting players you love preparing them but then the most important thing I think, if you're a coach, is that you want to compete. That's what it's all about. It's all about the games. It's all about you know the strategy and watching your guys perform and the toughness and and competing and handling pressure. And then you got to deal with the wins. You got to deal with the losses. You got to pick yourself back up the next day and play again. All those things we lost on. So we lost out on the true test, which is the games. Um, however, the preparation. Uh, will be you know was done and, and there'll be some benefit to that going forward
0: so coach you go from seeing these student athletes every day to now not seeing them at all for really who knows how long but development doesn't stop growth doesn't stop how have you and your staff been able to communicate with your players keep them really developing at a steady pace and keep them working on their craft whether they're growing as pitchers or as position players
1: well that's very difficult remotely. Um, you know, what we've done is, you know, get them their strength and conditioning programs because everyone can take care of that, even if you don't have a lot of equipment. Uh, you know, and we ch- we had a WebEx call with our guys last week, um, you know, as a team all together. And we're, we're gonna hope that we'll continue that to talk and get them all together and give them updates, provide them some direction, check in on them. You know, we, we checked in to make sure that nobody's family was, sick or uh, none of the players were ill and and so far you know not kind of what we've been fortunate um no one in our direct baseball family has been touched um so you know that's all good stuff guy you know some guys have mounds built in the backyard some guys have batting cages in the basements um prior to the state parks and the baseball fields you know all getting shut down guys were out kind of doing stuff um we're hoping that summer ball happens and so we've told them all hey stay keep in shape because they all have a place to play in the summer and if that does happen you know they have to be ready to go out there even if it's a month delayed so so they still have you know there's still carrot out there in front of them um they're going to play again it's just we don't know if it's going to be next month or if it's going to be next fall or if it's going to be not be till next spring We, we just don't know those things so what we challenge them to do is to do very well in school um, to keep themselves in good good habits and um, and to have some structure to what they do and some discipline instead of sleeping all day like get up eat you know do your workout do your school work uh, take care of things stay active and then we want them to come out of this in just tremendous physical shape because you can control your level of conditioning you know even if you are quarantined you still can go out and run and lift and do push-ups and sit-ups and hopefully find someone in the neighborhood to play catch with from a distance, keep your arm in shape. There's inventive ways to stay in good shape. And those, you know, we challenge the players, like those of you who have a high care level and want to come out of this thing better better than you went in, we'll take care of those things. And that's, you know, that was the challenge to the players. Like, let's see who can get better, uh, you know, throughout this process, come out in great shape. And then, you know, there's not a lot we can do remotely as far as game planning or, you know, uh, giving them, we haven't done a lot of feedback with our guys on, you know, people taking flips or, or people throwing. We will, if we have to, if this thing goes on further, but if they can get out in the summer and play um, again, that'd be good for their development. And then, you know, it would be good for them to get some games in and get some, get some repetition. Cause otherwise, you know, if we don't play in the spring or the summer, These kids are really going to go almost a whole year without competing in in true games.
0: Joined alongside by the head coach of Rutgers baseball, Steve Owens, coach, Going on about communicating remotely, you know, I asked the same question to Coach Stringer when she came on the podcast a few weeks ago. You know, although the season's canceled, we talked about how development and growth doesn't stop. Well, recruiting doesn't stop as well. It's still ongoing in every sport and every school and coach. They're making adjustments in order to entice recruits to ultimately join their school. How has recruiting changed for you and what new challenges have presented themselves as you try to recruit now in a world without face-to-face contact?
1: Well, we have, we have a good chunk of players committed going forward in three or four different classes. However, we have much more work to do in every class. Um, we're still continuing to work, um, potentially even on the 2020 class, although we're getting very close to being done with that. Um, so we did we, we have been able to, to get some good players committed into our program. Um, in addition, um, you know, there were some kids that, are high on our list, that we continue to communicate with uh, as long as it's legal, you know, by their class year and, and the NCAA recruiting rules. So we've been able to do that um, whenever possible. Um, but it's you know the hard part is like you, you know you have you have some kids you want to you want to evaluate, and you know we're not playing, and those kids aren't playing, and they're not playing in any part of the country. So we're in that death period till the 31st. So. It was, it was a prime time for us to get out and watch kids play in the spring and summer and make final evaluations like, yes, this is a scholarship kid. Yes, this is a kid we want in our program. We, we hadn't been able to pull the trigger on a lot of those kids, especially with us being a new staff down in this part of the you know region of the, of the country right now. And, and you know, it's important for us to get out um, and, and watch kids. So we're happy to make adjustments. Um you know a lot of the transfer recruiting that we've uh, had to do this year, just based on our squad and how things were built, um, we've been able to do by looking online at you know uh, game performance. You know from either this year or from previous years. Um, you know we have computer software that allows us to look up kids and actually watch watch them pitch and, and know how many strikes they throw, what the velocity is, watch you know watch the movement on the pitch. There's some good stuff that we look at. It's You know, we've done the best we can with what we have available to us, but we're continuing to recruit. We spend a part of the day on it every day. Uh, We communicate with our coaches. We've reached out to a lot of guys. It's just the the final part of of recruiting is always being 100% on your evaluation and being all in on a kid. And, And there's a lot of kids that we just don't know on yet.
0: So, Coach, let's switch to the Diamond this past year, and again, it was only 15 games, a very small sample size, but who were some guys that really impressed you in this short season? Some that had you really pleased with how their season was, you know, getting off and beginning?
1: Well, um, you know, Harry, Harry was, was very, you uh, know, I've never seen him pitch in a game because he didn't pitch in the fall for us, but he was very good. Um You know, Richie, uh, Richie Sheikhofer was hitting 375 and and starting to put together, you know, very, very good at bats. He was he was headed toward a monster season. Um, There was some individual good stuff. I think, you know, I think those two guys kind of top the list from what happened on the mound, as well as what happened positionally, as far as being our two best players Um, and, you know, one being a position player, one being a pitcher there was other guys that did some good stuff. I mean, we only had 11 pitchers, so everyone pitched and, uh, you know, there was a lot of opportunity. So we were able to, you know, look at those opportunities and so you know, everyone did something good and, and something poor and, and, and something in between. Like, you know, there was a lot of improvement that had to be done, but, um, you know, we were doing some good stuff. Um, there was some, you know, we, we had controlled the running game very well. Um, we were getting some solid starts, although we didn't get three in a row, you know, on a weekend. And that's what you have to have. You've got to have a chance to win every day. Um, you know, we had I think we had, you know, more extra base hits than our opponents. Um, you know, there were some more power numbers being shown. Our defense was solid. We were feeling like 971, um, you know, so there were some bright spots in there. But I feel that those two players uh, stuck out as far as being guys that were, you know, really high level frontline guys, uh, both in our program and in any bunch program in the country.
0: You mentioned that there were good things, bad things, and kind of things in the middle. How do you get that consistent positive play from both your pitchers and position players? And you know, it was obviously a short season. Do you think that maybe it was just players still trying to, I guess, get in the groove of things, playing baseball every day again, really just trying to find their footing?
1: Well, a lot of it is having, you know, you got to have really good players that show up every single day and um, they're not all going to be good every day, but you got to have a good majority of you being good. Like, you know, you get a good start and then you hand it over to a bullpen guy. And he's got to do his job. If he doesn't do his job, somebody else has to pick him up and do his job. So there was times when we'd get a great start and the bullpen would let us down. There was times when we scored a lot of runs and, you know, our pitching staff let us down. There was times when we pitched very well. And then our hitters, even though we created scoring opportunities, were not able to get runners in uh, on a consistent basis. And there was times, um, even though I feel like our defense was quite solid for the most part, there was times when you know defensive mistakes cost us. Um, they cost us pitch counts. They cost us extra outs. Which ultimately, you know, when you give away freebies, it's hard to win. So, the one thing that I think I was quite positive about is, for the most part, we were we were in every single game for a long time. It was con- we were consistently in games, and we were very close to being on the you know on the on the winning side of that it's not like we're that far off you know so there was some promise there um and the guys were playing hard uh so you know again you know it wasn't a perfect product um it was about what i expected uh it's got to get a lot better but there was i would think there was more bright spots than there were you know and and a lot of the pitching stuff was was we really were handicapped with numbers of guys that we didn't have enough pitchers um and, and i think we've addressed that you know so There'll be a lot more options and a lot more com- competition. That's the you know here's what our pro- our program needs. Uh, we need competition. Um, we need we need competition for playing time uh, at every single position. You know, and and I think sometimes when your your uh, your player base isn't quite as deep as you as you'd like it to be, that there's some complacencies. There's some players that may not be incomplete players. Uh, or be complete players, you know, they may be a great defender and just an average hitter, but yet they're still getting an opportunity to play because they're the best player at their position. What I, what I told our guys is, hey, you know, we want complete players. We want guys, position players that can do everything. Handle the bat, hit for power, hit for average, play defense, run the bases. And we need pitchers, you know, that are are consistent and have their good stuff, you know, all the time. You're never going to be perfect, but people that we can trust in certain roles. And so I think that's one thing we did lose out on this year was the ability to play more games and then have a better answer, you know. And the more you play, the more you know who gives it down in pressure, who plays hard every day, who's willing to dive for balls, and who runs out hard down the line every day. Because practice is one thing and games are another. And, you know, good coaches are judged on what happens in the games and good players are judged on what happens in the game. Everyone's supposed to work hard. You know, working hard is not good enough. It's performing. And so that's what we we, we lost out on a little barometer of who our best performers are. And, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll get another opportunity next year and kind of treat it as the first year again because it, it ultimately is. I mean, we only played, you know, whatever, whatever, 14 games.
0: You know, a couple more before I let you go. I'm sure you already know, but if you don't, Baseball America, they surveyed 90 coaches recently, and you were voted, in fact, the most underrated college coach in America. So first off, congratulations on that. I guess if that's, you know, worthy of a congratulations. Well, you know, you don't obviously get an official award, obviously, for it. How does it feel to be noticed like that by your colleagues in the profession and to, in a way, really have your hard work over the last few decades recognized?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's nice. Um, I don't do this for recognition. You know, I I do it because I love to do it. And, you know, and, I, and I'm really happy where I'm at right now. I came here, you know, it just was a choice. This wasn't, uh, you know, something where I was stuck and it was time for a change. I mean, I, I had a great job. I loved where I was. And then I, I was excited about this challenge and, and I want to be here. Um, and I'm excited to be here and, and rebuild this program back to, to a very high-level Power 5 Northeast program. We want to be the best program in the Northeast. And we want to be in the top tier in our in our conference. And we don't, you know, I'm not a patient guy. Like I don't want to take that long. So I understand the limitations. Um, I felt the limitations, and and I've experienced them by being here. You know, uh, there's things that we got to get better. Uh, We gotta we gotta keep improving our facilities. We gotta keep improving our player base. We gotta keep recruiting our our improving our recruiting in state. And then we have to work hard and perform, and, and we have to win games. And when we start doing all those things, then I I feel like it's going to it's going to incrementally grow and continue to grow. And then we're going to lock it in and it's going to be a you know, we're going to be a staple, a very consistent high level program year in and year out. And, you know, I think um, the recognition of, of being underrated, I think that, you know, that's. That, that's coming from an outside perception of I've won a lot of games and I've won every year, you know, no matter where I've been. And I've done it, you know, playing 40 away games and, and 20 home games every year. And that's difficult to do. Um, but now I have an opportunity, and, and part of the reason why I'm excited to be here is just to, to be around Big Time Conference. Um, i really excited about uh, being in the Big Time Conference and being at Rutgers with all the coaches and the programs that are are doing a great job right now Uh, the administration has done a wonderful job of bringing in the right people and then having you know the vision built to uh, to build to build a a great great programs across the board that are winning and everyone gets excited about so we're not quite there yet um you know i'm not uh, disappointed uh you know and i'm just I'm just excited to be here, and we're just going to keep working and working until we can uh, get it turned around, and I don't think it's going to take that
0: long. Last one, Coach, from me. You know, at a time like this, we're all in quarantine, obviously. Baseball is not happening now, and while Major League Baseball has flirted with different ideas, who knows when a season will start, if at all, really. Someone like you who works in baseball at the collegiate level, it must be that much more difficult to be going through spring without the game at any level. How have you been able to adjust to a baseball-less spring, and what do you have to say to Rutgers fans who, like you, just want to see and play baseball once again?
1: Yeah, I mean, nobody is seeing any. I think I was watching. I was watching the Michael Jordan thing last night because that was awesome, and um, and and I was I was watching it before I fell asleep, and and uh, you know, just it was just about it was all about competing and competing and everything, and and I think you know. They said on there that nobody has played, you know, any sporting event for like, what is it, like four or five weeks now?
0: Yeah, at least, and at so, least, a month. And,
1: and so we're all like, you know, th- with all the stuff that's going on in our country right now, I don't think sports are not a priority, but, but it also shows everyone how important they are for, you know, people love them, people love watching them, they like being around them, they like, it's just a part of our culture and, uh, and there's a lot of sports. You know, p- people like a lot of different things. And, and it's it's springtime and summertime, and that's baseball time. So it makes it a little harder. Um, but it also we still have an opportunity. Unlike some of these other sports, there there might be an opportunity if if uh, you know things can get back to back to normal here soon. Maybe there'll be some baseball in July or August. Uh, maybe there'll be a shortened season, but you know people can be excited and turn the TV on at night after work and watch a baseball game or or go out and watch a baseball game. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough time. Um, I haven't really thought about, you know, the fact that we just can't watch any baseball. Um, I feel like, you know, the focus has been on on for us trying to come out of this uh, quarantine as a program in better shape than we went in. Um, And that's just, you know, uh, thinking about the things that were positive this year, reinforcing those to our players we just had our meetings with all of our guys we were able to address their strengths and weaknesses and areas that they need to grow in um and strategy things and mentality things and and, you know psychological things like just a lot of things we we spent a lot of time thinking about them and and then talking with each of them and um and so you know i think it doesn't matter what profession you're in the work that you do on your own the work that's intrinsically motivated um, is the work that separates those that are high-level achievers from those that don't. Um, and so this is an opportunity for us in every sport and in everything that, that, that you do to take care of business on your own, um, you know, and it's not our choice, um, but take care of yourself on your own, and, and when it's time to go again, be ready to go. And so that's that's the message that we kind of sent to our guys is, know stay in good shape stay healthy stay active and you know pretty soon you'll be playing the game you love again and you'll probably enjoy it even more you'll probably value it even more because not you know until you until you lose something that you love you really don't value it as much so it's a good opportunity it's a good learning lesson. obviously none of us wanted to go through this uh, and there's a lot of devastation you know going on I feel terrible for what's happening right now in our country um, but Again, um, if everyone takes care of themselves, um, when it's time to go and, and our governments can open us up little by little by little, you know, we'll be right back up to full speed and we can put this in the rearview mirror.
0: Well, we all certainly hope that we not only see baseball this season, but sports in general very soon, and that a sense of normalcy can return to spring. Coach, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. And of course, I hope you and your family continue to stay safe and stay healthy during this time.
1: Thanks, Lance. I look forward to talking to you again.
0: I want to thank Coach Owens for coming on the podcast, and of course, what I said to Coach Owens at the end rings true for everyone listening. Right now, I hope everyone is safe, healthy, in their home listening, and that this 30 to, I don't know, 35-minute podcast can be a distraction for you from everything that's going on right now. I know just doing it, putting it together, doing the interviews is a great distraction for me because it takes my mind off of all the craziness happening. It's an unprecedented time, but after speaking with Coach Owens, it's obvious that he and his staff are doing the best they can to weather the storm and continue developing this Rutgers baseball program. That's the thing with college sports. Although the games may be stopped on the field, program development and growth never ends. We've seen coaches in all sports hold virtual team meetings, virtual recruiting visits, virtually putting their players through daily training exercises, and so much more because while on-field development is paused, off-the-field development right now is the focus. Coach Owens said it best, and I'm sure I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but now is the time to stay in shape if you are a part of Rutgers baseball, not a time to move away from off-the-field baseball activities. Have a catch on your lawn, go for a run, lift weights at home, and if you don't have weights, there are plenty of exercises to find online. And I think what Coach Owens was saying is true for all of us. We'll go through each day trying to find ways to pass the time. We live in a world right now where we don't know what's coming next or what we're even going to do next. But let's all try to better ourselves in quarantine, of course. Because if we do that, if we stay safe, if we stay home, not only Rutgers baseball, but all Rutgers sports will be back and big things will be happening for them here